0: Hello.
1: Hi. Happy birthday to
0: Thanks a lot.
1: You are one year older. One
0: year older, one year wiser, maybe. Mm-hmm. I hope so. <laughs> yesterday we did our first uh, long stream together. That was so much fun. Together, yeah. Yeah. I've done. Yeah, okay, not for you. <laughs> yeah,
1: so t- yesterday we had like, uh, we did um, a, a stream that was sponsored by Duolingo. It was called Do Together, and it was an opportunity for me to try to stream in German, which was pretty nerve-wracking. And Tobias was here to help me um, because I kept getting like my words wrong, my grammar wrong, um, and it was just like cool to hang out with you.
0: Yeah, it was really fun. I I didn't like in the beginning. I think we were both a bit nervous. Mm. Or I was really nervous. Uh, yeah. I was so sweaty before I started. Really? Yeah. Okay. I was, I was super I... sweaty. Sometimes I was a sweat when I'm like nervous, but the, I I wasn't really like sweaty. But um, anyways, it was really cool hanging out with people and also seeing. For me to uh, yeah, how much uh, traffic you already have, and it's yeah it was it was really cool to see mm-hmm. the reactions. Mm-hmm. Then we uh, we were baking the cake, and then you kind of forgot the the sugar. <laughs> yeah, was-
1: we were baking a cake, and like we put all the ingredients in, and then after we put the cake in the oven. I'm just doing some tidying up, putting away like the cacao or the cocoa powder and all like the the flour and then I get to the sugar and the sugar package is not even open yeah. <laughs> and I'm like oh no and then I realized that not only did I forget the regular sugar but I also forgot the vanilla sugar, the vanilla sugar. which <laughs> also adds like flavor so I was like oh no we need to take this cake out of the oven
0: yeah then afterwards we are uh, watching it back and I'm, I'm like okay my reaction was more like okay I don't need so much uh, sugar uh, because I had this uh, tooth operation before mm-hmm. So, okay, maybe we can, we can just leave, leave the sugar out. I wonder how it
1: would have tasted. I think it would have tasted like super, super yeah, plain. Yeah, with,
0: without sugar, probably really like plain. Mm. But uh, yeah, the the cake uh, was really delicious. Mm-hmm. We still have
1: off. like half of it left and I don't want it to go to waste. So I'm trying to eat it like that's what I had for breakfast.
0: Ah, <laughs> you ate it for breakfast. Yeah,
1: I'm so like, I think that's why I'm, a, I'm in a bit of a food coma at the moment. Mm. It's just like so much sugar at once.
0: Yeah, yesterday afterwards, I had a bit of a sugar rush uh, because I, usually I've, I'm trying to cut out uh, most of the sugar intake that I have mm-hmm. because, yeah, my, my teeth got a bit like uh, decaying for, for – I don't know. I wasn't eating so much sugar. I think it's just like a you're weak just, spot or, so, mm, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think
1: that. you're just prone to getting a lot of cavities. Yeah.
0: So – yeah that was that Mm -hmm. and then we played uh euro truck simulator Mm -hmm. i was trying to game a bit (laughs) yeah
1: i'm trying to introduce the beast into the gaming world yeah into the computer gaming world
0: i mean i was gaming before but i i I haven't been doing it for a while Mm -hmm. but it it was fun it was i'm just not used to to play games on the computer anymore Mm. i always had like joypads and but um yeah it was really cool and uh we're trying how how was it for you switching between uh german and english all the time like we're trying to do it mostly in german but also i think it was cool that we had also because there are not so many native german speakers Mm -hmm. but that we once in a while we explain stuff in english but also to to leave it open for For people that actually want to learn some German. Yeah,
1: I'm interested to see how other people would perceive it because, um, yeah, since not everybody there was a native English, a native German speaker, I was, I would sort of stop halfway through the middle of a sentence to translate what I just said in, in, uh, in English. So I'd be like, here's half of a sentence in German. Here's that same half in English, and here's the rest of that half in German. Here's that same half in English. I don't know how people would perceive that, but it was difficult because I wanted to make sure that it was inclusive, that the people who were there who didn't speak German understood what was happening. Um, It was interesting, but I think I've slowly gotten used to switching back and forth. Mm. What was hard for me was just like to hear myself back and like hear what my German sounds like and it doesn't sound like what I thought it would sound like. Mm. But otherwise, it's, <laughs> that's,
0: that's the same for me when I, when I listen to myself, I always feel like, okay, maybe I should try to work on my accent mm. more. But I, I think it's more being um, hypercritical about sure. the way, how you want it to sound mm. versus how you actually sound. Or I don't know, yeah. maybe you're just more more sensitive. Yeah, true. When
1: like for you, I think, I guess you said that you also feel weird like hearing your accent. that's her that's her food order um but like when i hear tibia speaking english of course he has an accent but i don't have any like i don't think that there's anything wrong with that that's just how he talks so i don't know i guess other people feel that way about me but just being uh me being i don't know a perfectionist or somebody who wants to blend in i always want to have i i don't i want to get rid of my accent not for the sake of just being proud of myself, but also just so that I don't stand out
0: <laughs> do, you, do you think it worked out
1: uh if it worked out the stream um I guess so Hang on one second let's get a pause. It. All right, you got your food Got a food um but yeah, for me, like i just wanna I am always somebody who wants to blend in. I don't really like to stand out so i don't know i think there's also this sort of pride that comes with being able to perfect a language be able to speak it without an accent especially when you hear about people who have reached a certain proficiency in a language that they always go oh like it sounds like he doesn't even have an accent he sounds like a native speaker mm. which i have heard from other people so i get a bit jealous <laughs> when i hear that
0: but do you have a special somebody that, that, that you uh, keep looking up to somebody that has like the the most achievable accent that you want to emulate In terms
1: of German, that I haven't heard. Um, Well, I've heard of people who've become fluent after like one year. Um, In German? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then, um, well, for example, when I was interviewing um, people for that app that we were doing for a project for refugees, um, there is that one person who learned German on his own and he became like very proficient when I was speaking with him.
0: Ah, okay.
1: And then also there's um, there was a, an American who was very persistent to, in learning German and um, she was able to like speak mostly in German afterwards. Um, and one of the Germans that I met here, his wife is from Ecuador, I think. And after spending time in Ecuador, his Spanish sounds like a native, mm,
0: okay. um,
1: native speaker in Spanish. So when I hear those stories, it's really impressive, and it's very—I um, get very jealous when I hear that because I'm just like, I want to be able to master a language like that. But in the end, like I have to think of how I view other people, and when people have accents, I don't think them as like lesser. It's just um, impressive when people are able to get rid of their accent. Yeah how do you feel about that when like like have you heard of people going oh yeah like oh like this german doesn't even sound german when he speaks english for example
0: yeah i, th- I, th- I think there are some germans that are really good at, at mastering english because they they always uh, see english as like the this gateway for um like um yeah something that they look up to or they want to uh, especially when they studied in in the us I met p or I've met some Germans that were really good like you couldn't even hear any German mm-hmm. um, but I think for like German English is manageable because um, you're just more exposed to any uh, English mm-hmm. whereas the other way around English uh, speakers aren't exposed to so much German so I yeah. think there is a, a clear uh, indication that um, yeah, everybody wants to speak uh, proper English, whereas mm-hmm. like German is uh, is not that widely spoken. So I think it's always what is your incentive? Why? What kind of kind of level do you want to achieve mm-hmm. in, in in mastering uh, the the language? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you have come pretty far already with with your German, but um, for me it was also fun because during the stream. Um, yeah, pretty much like the first time that I can speak German mm-hmm. and uh, don't have to worry how I sound. Mm-hmm. And when I when I speak English, I'm always trying to speak more. Um, on a, like I'm not trying to mumble, so I'm trying mm-hmm. to enunciate, pretty clearly, especially during a stream or also during the the podcast. But yeah, sometimes when we speak, I think I speak a bit faster. But I I think like for me it's it's more important that people can understand what i say Mm -hmm. and not uh, i don't care so much about the accent or so
1: right yeah for me in general i tend to speak quite fast so that is also something that i'm trying to work on just with my like regular speaking in english i've learned how to speak a little bit slower when i'm working (laughs) especially with like international people um which is what i was able to do a lot at work um but in ger- when i'm speaking German, sometimes i feel that i am mumbling quite a bit okay because i'm just so shy with what i'm saying that i'm just like if i just say it fast then i can get it over and done with and hopefully they'll understand what i'm saying <laughs> but i don't know i'm trying to find ways to improve my german
0: i think always when i'm in a like tired mood or i'm i'm getting a bit like um restless or so of course like you're concentration level goes down and then mm-hmm. I cannot really focus on like how I uh, pronounce stuff or so yeah. that I think that really impacts on how how my English sounds or mm-hmm. um, yeah also when you're tired like your voice goes much deeper mm-hmm. do you see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely yeah you're Like oh.
1: <laughs> yeah my voice can re- like when I watch myself back it's funny when you see like if I'm getting like annoyed or something my voice goes like super high <laughs> Um, but otherwise, usually when I do my podcast, I'm in a more relaxed setting. So my voice tends to be a bit deeper.
0: Do you think with the video, because you're more visible, does that change the way how you like uh, perceive or how you present yourself? Because I like for, for the podcast, I think it's differently already to when you're uh, visible.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, when I'm streaming, the difference is that I'm. Not I'm not just having a one-on-one conversation with somebody. I think that's when I am a bit more relaxed. But if I'm there to like entertain people and I see people in chat that I'm that like I usually see regularly, you know, I'm a bit more excited. So my voice is just going to be a bit higher. So I'll be like, "Oh hi!" It's like it's so good hey. to see you. And like, how's your weekend coming along? Um, but here I think in a more here is like a more intimate se- intimate setting. So that's why. I don't know. I'm just a bit more <laughs> relaxed. It's not saying that like when I'm when I'm streaming, I'm more stressed, but it's just a different environment.
0: I've read that the the voices tend to be um, diverging more. I find that very interesting. So like the male voice goes deeper, whereas like the the female voice goes a bit higher in general, like on yeah, average. General, yeah. Okay. Especially what they. I think there was like a psychologist uh, who was analyzing on on stream on social media. Mm-hmm. So like um, there is a clear tendency that voices uh, di- diverge more, whereas okay. in the past they would become more similar. But now I think it's...
1: But why is that?
0: I don't know. I think it's more like recognizable when your voice is like higher or lower. So And maybe because there is a bit more insecurity, then like the, the male voice should be a bit more uh, deeper and uh, the female voice is a bit higher to, to, to stand out. I don't know.
1: Really? But I feel like those standards would have been in place for a really long time. And it's only in the present day that they're trying to work on breaking down those barriers. Yeah. Because I feel like nowadays people are trying to address the idea of like toxic masculinity, Expectations of what your gender has on you, yeah. And I feel like, at least when I watch like TikToks and stuff, I feel like, um, yeah, they're making like,
0: more on TikTok. Yeah, they're making more fun, fun about that. Well, it's not so stereotype. much making
1: fun, but it's more of just like trying to address the fact that you have people who are in between, and it's not necessarily things have to be male or things have to be female. But maybe this is just the kind of social circles that I'm in. I don't know how maybe other people behave, but. I would have expected that in the past, because you have more of these strict gender roles, that you would have lower voices for male, like for men and higher voices for females. Um,
0: but when you watch a lot of YouTube videos, mm-hmm. some of the, like, especially like the typical like girly YouTube videos, mm-hmm. they're really like, hey, they, they have higher voices. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I don't know, like, maybe like TikTok culture is a bit like changing that already. So I don't know, like, these... Th- I'm also very skeptical about these um yeah like generalizing these um trends or so to speak mm-hmm. but uh, i i i was just also a bit like baffled to to read about how um that voice would change although it would have changed where did in the you past.
1: where did you read that though
0: uh actually, I forgot I mm. think it was in a newspaper article okay i can I can look it up maybe i i, I find it some
1: sure. And then what conclusions did they come to with it? Uh,
0: it was or more it in the tradition? lines about, like, uh, maybe in times of insecurity, like, you are looking to, to more, like, traditional um, mm. roles or, tr- uh, like, high pitch, low pitch mm-hmm. voice, which is more recognizable. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. But if, uh, I was just, like, interested in, in reading that because I, I didn't expect it. I thought it would become more general like more more um how is it like um neutral uh, neutral yeah
1: i would just be interested to see like what their sample data was like were they were they like were they getting this information from like youtube videos were they getting it just from people having regular conversations in the workplace Mm. at home because i feel like people behave differently in different contexts yeah yeah um like when i think of um like if you think of uh like older movies where people had that sort of um was that that transatlantic accent like in the U.S.? Yeah,
0: that's, that's interesting. And yeah.
1: they had a very, like, I feel like women spoke very high in those. Like, they had a higher pitch in those sort of movies where they go, darling, maybe. I did. Darling. Yeah, like, they would always have a higher pitch. So, I don't know. It would be interesting to see, like, where they're getting that data from as well.
0: Maybe. Um, yeah, I really have to look it up. Maybe it was related to uh, generally, like, news and not so much about mm. social media. Mm-hmm. like news coverage of um but i don't also don't know if it's uh german or uh let's say like American true TV. it could be
1: different from culture to culture
0: Yeah, but i can imagine in the u.s like if you watch fox news probably there's a very like low-pitched uh news uh, anchor mm-hmm. anchorman whereas uh and the, the the female uh voice would be a bit uh higher mm-hmm. because they are very like traditional but uh yeah, it could be like it, it definitely depends on like the the sample and how how much they actually like examined these uh, mm-hmm. the 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 coverage.
1: Yeah, I never heard of the study, but so it would be interesting to see what that, that is.
0: I I found it like I never th- actually. I also I never thought about like how much a voice can can impact mm-hmm. uh, and h- how you examine it. Well, I, I,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, like i I've I've. I've um, watched a few like videos that talk about voice and how people perceive voice. One thing that's often made fun of is how women speak because um, you have that sort of like valley girl way of talking, like "oh my god," I, oh. Um, they. And then you also have uh, what's it called, vocal fry, when your voice is kind of like, well, like, maybe it has kind <laughs> of like a, a vocal fry to it. Yeah, um, and. Um, that might not necessarily be how like women choose to talk, but maybe it has to do with what, the, um, what society kind of expects of women to speak. So maybe when women speak a certain way, it's because they've been taught that what they have to say isn't necessarily important. So they can't really say things with the same confidence that men would tend to have. Because men would be more like, when they say something, they know that people will you know listen to them but with women maybe necessarily they won't be listened to so they have to have um this sort of uncertainty to, the, to their voice where it's like okay maybe is it i think maybe mm. it would be i don't know maybe a little bit if i'm just a bit unsure about what i'm saying maybe it's okay i don't know
0: so it's more like do you expect the women to be a bit more Unknowing
1: or... I guess it's this sort of... um From what I've watched from these videos, these are just a bunch of like um podcasts and videos that I've watched over time. Um It's just sort of that maybe women have either intentionally or unintentionally picked up this idea that they can't sound confident when they speak because otherwise people will just think that they're being crazy or they're being bossy. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they have to sound a bit submissive to to be listened to you know Mm.
0: well it's like yeah i I mean the the male voice is more like determined like a a predator guy and who's uh yeah like Mm -hmm. nailing it down and yeah it's interesting but um yeah also interesting is how a language a certain culture has different uh words that only appear in their culture mm-hmm. i think we mentioned that i i've read this book on uh i think they deutsch This name is he's like um language uh evolutionary biologist or mm-hmm. so like he's really looking at how certain cultures have certain pairs of words that are only used in their culture mm-hmm. so the question is what is more important the culture or the society and, and they um or the nature nature sorry and they say that uh, nature versus nurture. Na- nature mm-hmm. versus nurture. <laughs> and this theory is more um that the yeah nature is really uh shaping also how certain words appear or mm-hmm. reappear in a language Sure, yeah. for instance in russian you have certain uh ways to, uh, certain colors mm-hmm. like you have uh, variations of blue right one is like uh, Galu Boy is uh, dark blue, and Sini um, I think it's uh, light blue, and then also other cultures like um, the, did you say Eskimo I don't know like mm, the depends on which anyway, the, Inui Inui okay. c- uh, culture they have uh, more variations to white because they are just more exposed or to for or, snow. for snow exactly mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, because they are just more in 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 the realm of uh, colder climate, they see more snow, so they they need a different words. Mm-hmm. And then they their perception of snow is just like so much more elaborate than ours mm-hmm. because they they have much more um, nuances between different types of snow. Yeah, I find that very intriguing.
1: I remember one in one of our classes we were talking about. Um, gestures because that's what my professor was specializing in um and there's one tribe and I think it's in um Papua New Guinea and there's a tribe that uses when people talk about the past and the present usually we will use our left side to represent the past and then our right side to represent the future as if like you're watching a timeline but people in this tribe they would point uphill when they're talking about the future and downhill when referring to the past, just because that's what how their geography has ah, okay. has kind of um, shaped how their language forms.
0: Is it more because yeah maybe they like the setting is more like I don't know like more uh, an area where you cannot see so far uh, see so far. And I then... don't
1: know the explanation for it, but that's just something that they observe. So it's just to show that just the way that we choose our gestures. Um, is affected by our surroundings as well.
0: Mm, okay, yeah. So I I've also read in this book about how pa- like the the concept of past and present is just like super blurry in in some of these more like tribal societies because um, they basically sometimes in their language they don't have a representation of past. Like there there is not mm. a true like um tempos or a, a mm-hmm. true f- uh verbal form for the past or the future mm-hmm. so they just use like certain indicator words like yesterday mm-hmm. and then they use still like the present because they are still very much i don't know maybe they are focused more on the present mm-hmm. but uh they they just don't need it and you can basically express yourself uh um easily without using the um, designated word for the or a designated form for the past or the future Mm -hmm. and that's that's really cool i mean
1: one thing i i find interesting with um the german language so in english when we talk about something that we'll do in the future we're almost always using future tense yeah so when i say oh yeah tomorrow i'm gonna i'm going to play video games but and in English I would say tomorrow I will or I'm going to, I will play video games. Whereas in German you would leave out will. Okay. So you would say in German morgen spiele ich Videospiele. So you say tomorrow I play.
0: You can say As that. if it's
1: present tense.
0: But you can also say morgen werde ich Videospiele. But I
1: hear without werde. Yeah, yeah, that's more true. More often.
0: Yeah, for colloquial language gets tends to be more um yeah. Short
1: <laughs> Yes yeah, so I don't know like I don't know if that affects how people view the uh. future or if um, I don't know it was something that was interesting for me to observe like learning German. Hmm. I don't know do you notice any difference between saying I go like um, or just even different words so when you say um, I would like to have I would like to have this item on the on the menu. And you say, um, in German, you say, I take this item on the menu.
0: Yeah, yeah true. Well, yeah, you yeah. Uh, you would definitely say, um, or you can use also these like s- signal words like gleich soon. Mm-hmm. Ich gehe gleich mal einkaufen or mm-hmm. something like that. So it, ju- it just signals you already, okay, mm-hmm. soon I'm about to go to uh, run some, some groceries. Mm-hmm. And then when you d- use gleich, it already is... Um, or points into the future. Mm-hmm. And then um, you don't have to say, ich werde einkaufen gehen, which mm-hmm. would probably be like the, the perfect way to, to put it. But then it's just like, it, it makes it too long. So mm-hmm. people use more like this shortened version. Like, mm-hmm. ich gehe gleich mal uh, spazieren. Also, yeah. And ich wollte gleich spazieren gehen. A lot of people would say it. Oder, uh, instead of, ich werde gleich spazieren gehen, which is like very... It's, it just sounds too formal mm. to me.
1: Yeah. Um, another one that I was thinking of was when people say that they're hungry. So when you say, okay, two things. I'll say, I am hungry in, in, um, in English versus saying, when in Germany you say, I have hunger. Yeah, yeah, and the the phrasing of those can have different implications. So you can have hunger, but to say that I am hungry is more of just like applying something to yourself rather than to have hunger, which is like more of them something that's a bit more distant from being in the state of hungry. Ah, you no, know? yeah, yeah. also the same when you have eaten enough food, you say I'm full, which is different from saying I'm satiated because being full seems to have like more volume versus satiation.
0: Ah, yeah, okay. So in
1: German you say, I'm satiated. In English I would say, I'm full.
0: Man kann, you, but you can also say, I'm uh, ich bin voll.
1: Yeah, but those have different meanings. Yeah, yeah, true. Whereas yeah. in English we don't say, oh yeah, I'm satiated. You just say, I'm full.
0: Yeah, 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 okay.
1: But I don't think there's any data on what that implies for the language because in terms of like um, how much people eat, I don't, I don't know if there are any studies on that. It could be, but...
0: <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> okay. Yeah, that that would be interesting uh seeing how like uh also like the food industry like uh uses these um I, th- I think they they are very smart on like social psychology, so they they always trigger something like a need. Mm-hmm. So they use um, yeah they use stuff like okay maybe you should uh, you, your your body needs a certain uh, let's say um, yeah a certain type of food mm-hmm. that actually your your body doesn't really need that, but they they use that feeling that that keeps makes you thinking okay maybe you you would actually need that. Mm-hmm. So they they kind of play with this like evolutionary need to uh, have uh, a, a certain um, yeah uh, vitamin or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that is for ma- for marketing purposes. I think uh, yeah, very very important.
1: Yeah, there are just like so many variables at play that you don't really know what's affecting what. All you can see is the correlations, and correlation does not mean causation.
0: Yeah. You study psychology as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> and statistics. And statistics, yeah. You can fake a lot of stuff with like statistics, though. Like faking it. Yeah, I mean, you can you can use statistics also for for your benefit.
1: Yeah, but then that's um, that's what that's when you require something that's called statistical literacy. Yeah, which is the ability to see statistics and kind of question whether that that data is being presented properly Mm. whether that data has been collected properly and that's basically what i did my master thesis on yeah
0: yeah it's interesting because i was asking uh, how how big is your sample group Mm -hmm. or where did you ask them if you go like to the uh, university area Mm -hmm. you would definitely get more uh, liberal people Mm -hmm. there are more exchange students Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas when you go to an area and, uh, and question people there, uh, which is more like an um, underprivileged area, you would definitely get like different samples. So I think it's always being aware of on how you ask uh, and where you ask. Mm-hmm. And how you ask is also really, really important because there are questions that already trigger something in you.
1: Yeah, I think it's also worth mentioning. So at the moment, um, this is during the time shortly after... Um, after the murder of George Floyd. So right now um, we have a lot of protests for the Black Black Lives Matter movement going on. Um, And a lot of, I think a lot of counter arguments to the Black Lives Matter movement is the sort of like people will be addressing statistics saying, oh, well, like there's more um, crime of black on black people versus, you know, white on white people. So yeah. and the counter argument for that, or like arrests made by um, black or arrests made towards black people. Um, so people can raise statistics about that, but then you also have to consider like um, well, first of all, maybe there are more police patrolling black areas mm. or maybe um, or people are more likely to report um, crime going on in black and black I guess communities versus white communities. Um, or are maybe more arrests just being made towards black people versus white people. So yeah, I think when it comes to even just like current day situations, I think having this sort of literacy towards um, um, like statistics and how it's being collected, how it's being presented to you, um, I think it's something that's really important that people need to learn.
0: Mm. Yeah, I've read that's a bit about the 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 ferguson riots before mm-hmm. and there how was it so this uh it's a book by achimu robinson the small corridor it's on how um, states become successful basically mm-hmm. and the, like the the main argument is you need the um, you need two things like you of course you need a state mm-hmm. but you also need uh, to have a strong civil society mm-hmm. so uh, and these two factors they form this small corridor where sometimes um, societies or nations can uh, maneuver into or even maneuver out out of that corridor so mm-hmm. it's always like fighting between uh, the state when the state becomes too powerful it becomes oppressive like in some other states but this uh, it, of course, you need a state in a way to to gain like access for health or for common goods like the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So you need to to balance out like civil society and state. And so they explain the situation in the U.S., mm-hmm. which is actually um, still it's like a civil uh, civilized society. They have a state, but what happened in a lot of these black communities is that um, they are they use techniques called uh, blacklisting i think uh, no i'm sorry Red, redlining not the black uh, redlining so there were areas like in ferguson where you had these riots mm-hmm. um before and uh, then uh, real estate agents they were kind of like lowering the prices of the properties because Mm. they saw there are more and more black people moving into a community Mm -hmm. and then they uh, they would kind of use that argument Mm -hmm. for the white population to to leave the Mm -hmm. um, this area because it's still very segregated in the u.s like there are black areas and there are more white urban areas Mm -hmm so in ferguson i think in the 60s 70s there were a a smaller number of black people but then within a couple of years maybe like 20 30 years it was predominantly a black neighborhood Mm -hmm. so um with that change like the police kept patrolling and there were a lot of like um yeah problems within the communities and but well, uh, the main argument was that um, yeah there are these techniques that were used that kind of uh, purposely uh, changed the uh, the number of inhabitants within a certain city and that that they can actually influence mm-hmm. it and this is where the problem started because mm-hmm. you want to have a more like balanced out neighborhood but then in the US it's still like okay it, it, the city is either white or black and mm-hmm. so yeah
1: yeah definitely.
0: That that really taught me something. And then another point was that they compared the um, the I think the PTBS levels from inhabitants of certain areas.
1: PTBS. PT, is?
0: like post traumatic uh, syndrome.
1: Okay. PS, P. S. Uh,
0: P. P. Post trauma PTSD. PTSD. Mm-hmm. I always say P, PTBS. I okay. Think. Okay. Post traumatic. So on average, like the black population, they had. Higher levels, like the the average population, mm-hmm. uh, they had higher uh, stress levels than people that uh, that were coming back from the war.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that crazy? Like they, like they basically live as if they would be in a war area because mm-hmm. they there's so much stress in their lives. Like the police, they don't know if the mm-hmm. police will like uh, be be polite or whatever to them and then they are uh just prone for any like random random Mm -hmm. action against their uh society so or their community Mm -hmm. so yeah When i read it um that chapter was yeah it was like it was so it was basically the time during uh um the the floyd incident so Mm um that was a, a very interesting yeah. backgrounds for, for to to understand that it's still relevant problem because I think a lot of people they say uh, that are against it okay maybe it, uh, it against doesn't which? Ha- against the um, the riots or not the riots against the the black um, lives matter yeah movement? The, the movement They would probably say oh it's a limit it doesn't happen so often but when when you deal with the subject it's so relevant still mm-hmm. i think it's um yeah, it's a huge problem of the US. I think that yeah. that that's definitely like the the yeah, still like the heritage of slavery and um how the society was formed based right. ba- based on this clear segregation.
1: Yeah. And it's just like crazy to think um I was watching I was listening to Today Explained, which is another podcast, and they did an episode Um, where they just had two families. Um, One was a black family, one was a white family, and they're just sort of talking to their children about the situation, what's been happening in the U.S. with the protests and everything. Um, And it was interesting just to listen to um, the mother who was black and her son who's black, having that conversation of, um, you know, talking about how she was worried when she had... Her, him as her son. Because when you when you have maybe a, a black daughter, you know, maybe she'll be treated a bit differently. But when you have a black son, you know that he's going to have to grow up worrying about what, how he's going to be perceived by other people. If just because he's wearing a hoodie, people are going to think that he's about to steal something. Mm. And that's happened in the US where, um, where children have been murdered because they thought that they were like a twenty something year old um person trying to steal something when it's just like a twelve year old who's, I don't know, just minding his own business. And when somebody is at that age at twelve years old, they don't have like that you don't have that mental capacity to really understand the situation of what your behavior is because you're just twelve years trying to live your life. Mm. Um, and it's weird thinking like, especially when, since we're at that age where like having kids is definitely an option to think like if you're raising your child and have to kind of teach them that they are growing up in a world that doesn't want them, you know, that doesn't want them to like live and they're always going to be judged just before like walking and minding their own business. Mm. And I think that's a scary thing to, um, it's really surreal that people have to have this conversation with their children and say that because you're black, because you're male, you have to make sure that you're never wearing a hoodie with your hood on. Or like you're make sure that you are not walking in a weird way. Mm. And that's something that like we have the privilege of not having to worry about that. And it just makes me so sad and frustrated to think that there are people out there who do have to worry about this every day. Mm. Uh yeah. Uh, it's just been a really stressful <laughs> It's been a really stressful few weeks does it
0: it, it, it physically stresses you out I totally feel sometimes. Yeah. where when you watch that stuff, I mean so much going on not only corona but also mm-hmm. like wealth problems, climate mm-hmm. change <laughs> but the thing segregated. is like I can't
1: just turn it off right because that's me that's me using my privilege to close off you know, whatever is happening in the world. And people don't get that choice to turn it off. And so I feel like the best that I can do for myself is try to educate myself as much as I can um, because I feel like if I just turn it off, then nothing changes. Mm. And it's really up to the people who have that privilege to be able to help make this change happen. So yeah, of course it stresses me out, but I have it way easier than a lot of other people. And that's what is something that I always have to keep in mind. Mm. So yeah,
0: yeah. For me, I, I was reading this book, the the small corridor. It, it totally blew my mind because it gives so so many examples of whatever. Like I just vaguely explained the, that that mm-hmm. idea that the society has or a, uh, a good society has has these counter like the checks and balances between the st- power of the state and the power of the civil society. Mm-hmm so he gives examples let's say between uh, costa rica and guatemala so costa rica is more or less a pretty uh, a pretty pretty well working well functioning society and uh, whereas guatemala which is like a neighboring country uh was run by um uh p- like big property owners that were using slavery for instance mm-hmm. whereas costa rica didn't have s- slavery and j- if you compare those two countries it's just amazing to see uh that costa rica became a, a, a vivid democracy mm-hmm. like in in terms of like the area it's not like super rich but it's, mm-hmm. it has a good reputation and it is the first country uh, or bigger country that ha- that uh voluntarily decided to um, abandon their military service. Mm. So there's basically no military service there. Okay, yeah. And whereas Guatemala spent a lot of uh, money on, on military service, mm-hmm. uh, on, on protection and rights. Mm-hmm. And of course, that these spendings uh, exacerbated like that situation mm-hmm. with the landowners, and so that that book is really really uh recommendable for people who who want to compare they also have historical uh comparisons like with slavery also the situation in, in germany mm-hmm. and uh coming back to the point like stressing out i i think with all these problems that book gave me a lot of hope because when you look at the situation uh it looks horrible at, at uh, to a certain degree, mm-hmm. but there is a st- there is still such a strong civil society, like in right. the U.S. Like imagine, like they the the main point of the book is that to change something is uh, to have a mobile mobile society mobilization of a society. Uh, to counter like you can always like argue about stuff so that's like the main point but in despotic societies in in societies where the state is is too strong let's say also in China where they they had the protests in Hong Kong and Mm -hmm. um, there is it's not possible there but in the US at least you have such a strong civil society that's now like trying to change things and uh, secondly it's a very young movements like the same with the climate change movement like the younger people i think they they're really going to change it because they are just like demographically going to be in power soon Mm. and i think that okay a lot of people are still worried about uh the u.s becoming a military state but i don't think it's true because we have this strong uh, mobilization force and uh, there is a lot of things now that are uh, about to change could you explain Uh,
1: what you mean by the whole mobilization and like what makes a society more of like a stronger civil society
0: it's it's just the fact that you you can have protests like Mm. uh, there are like thousands of people marching on protesting raising their voice now Mm -hmm. whereas in in other societies like let's they have examples let's say in 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 nazi germany Mm -hmm the nazi germany was basically uh not a free society anymore so they were were inside of this corridor for Mm -hmm. a while but they moved out because they 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 couldn't mobilize so there was like the nazi party came to power because people couldn't mobilize against it anymore so that's when when it, it gets trapped same are other countries that have very strong hold on their societies where they they they're against protesters and uh the the main thing for also for innovation for a free society is to have um yeah a a mobilized society that can um yeah raise their voice Mm -hmm. and i think also economically speaking it's important to have uh, the opportunity because you need you need innovation through um yeah security Mm -hmm. of uh Let's say you 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 have you have made an incredible uh, breakthrough, like you you found something really interesting, mm-hmm. but then the society or the state might just take it from yeah, you, sure, right? sure, yeah. So that's the main argument. Like, um, and I think that it's for yeah, it's also very important for your uh, for the economy to have the right the property rights. That's what I was looking for there. Okay, the yeah. property rights a patent patents um that should be safe right that should be um belong to you otherwise you don't have any progress i mm-hmm. think
1: yeah
0: and yeah for yeah for the for the us i think there is still hope yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you look at it from that way i'm just trying to get to to to, to uh look at it from a more positive it, it yeah. looks really like bizarre right now but i think in if you look back at it like let's say in 10 years from now it it uh, you will see okay like maybe it, it, it really changed something and mm-hmm.
1: I have a question. It's like, Since you're somebody who, like, you're able to watch German news with a bit more ease than I am, um, I noticed that there is definitely a different perception of how Germans view America versus how what we realize that Americans view America. Like, what is your observation of how, how like, the German media portrays stuff that's going on in the U.S. and just, like, American culture in American general?
0: American culture um generally speaking i would say that they are anti-trump like from the beginning so they they have a clear point and the protests i i haven't followed so much on german news to be honest but i i feel i feel ah there was uh there was a video that was really important or really Viral for a while. So there was a reporter from German uh, German uh, TV called Deutsche Welle, German mm-hmm. Wave, or however you translate it, and he was reporting on the streets, and then like the police started shooting these uh, rubber bullets on them. Yeah. So from then on, like the the whole German media, I think, was also like pretty much in favor of all the the protests against mm-hmm. um, yeah uh, against Trump and. Yeah, basically, like what what he did, uh, uh, clearing the streets just to watch uh, to to march to that uh, church. Right, just a that hold was a just button. ridiculous. Yeah. That was crazy.
1: Yeah, like when I when I think a lot of Germans when they meet American expats or Canadian expats, they usually assume that um, that they are anti-Trump, at least as far as I know. Um, because I think if I were in the if I were in the U.S. or if I was maybe not necessarily Canada but if I were in the U.S., I think people would be a bit more like careful to talk about politics and how mm. they view different politicians, because you definitely will come across some Trump supporters, and you might not necessarily tell just by appearances. Mm. So. um, I think that's one thing that I've noticed that when people find out that I'm Canadian, they'll eat, they'll very openly talk about how much they don't like Trump. Don't think I would con- I don't think I would encounter that necessarily as much in Canada or the US. Maybe a bit in Canada, but in the US definitely not. I don't think people just assume that I'm anti-Trump, which is something that people assume here in in Germany. Yeah. So I think it's maybe but I like I can see the I can see like the correlations that the reason why people leave the U.S. would be because, I don't know, they have a more liberal mindset. And I think, I don't know.
0: Mm. How do you see like this this video on Trump from, from Tudor where like the reporter asked him about like the relations and what is uh, his take on like the protests?
1: Yeah um yeah i did notice that like there is he took like a really i have to watch this clip over again because i just watched it sort of on the side while i was doing other stuff but um i think they were asking trudeau what his opinion was and he took like a really long pause to think of like an answer to come up with um i remember we were talking you believe that he like they staged that sort of hesitation right or
0: i i like for me i don't know if, if it was staged but um i I, th- I mean he's a professional politician so yeah. I, he he knew that the press would ask exactly. him about trump so he just said nothing basically
1: yeah so i think he spent a lot of time choosing what words he wanted to say and i could tell that he didn't want to ruin the relationship between canada and the us because we're very um canada's very dependent on the us in terms of trade mm, yeah. um so like for me i don't i i don't um I know a lot of people are angry with Trudeau. A lot of people really like Trudeau. I'm kind of, I'm still, I I don't think I'm informed informed enough to make like a full decision on how I feel about him. Um, But I understand that he wants to maintain that healthy relationship between the US. At the same time, I think he could have done a better job at addressing what the actual situation on hand is, um, that it is about um peaceful protest and it is about the black lives matter movement um but i i i think i i don't think i've been following enough how how trudeau has been reacting to everything i've been focusing so much about on like how like other american politicians mm. have been reacting but yeah that's my it's a very vague inf- it's a very like i have a very plain answer for that but mm to be honest I'm just not informed
0: enough yeah mm. no, I think that I, I mean it makes sense to not to be a bit careful you don't know what's going on and mm. um, I also don't know if 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 how people would have perceived him to like to preach on the US. Mm-hmm. Um, if it wouldn't like be too intrusive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he was a bit worried about that. Yeah. Probably also a bit like political uh strategy about mm-hmm. like I don't know if there is a is there is is there an election coming up? I don't know. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but it's always yeah. Like, um, yeah, hard to tell what what uh, politicians uh, how they act. But I, I think he I found that scene also already a bit like uh, symbolic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, I I guess it's just like how, how politics works, and I and I don't think he was a he, he he was informed. Like he knew somebody like the press would ask him yeah, about sure, sure, him. Yeah. So like okay why. Well, uh why but on the other side of school like he didn't give like a uh, uh an uh, like sidetracking or mm-hmm. an elaborate answer right. where he doesn't say anything so maybe it's even interesting that he was like hmm. and then you can hear is like <laughs> 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 he's kind of like chewing yeah. this weird like chewing noise like that hear? ruminating like, sound yeah um,
1: yeah, it'd be, I haven't seen how people have reacted to that clip, but I just know that that's what happened. Mm. Um, but yeah,
0: Canadians are more, I don't know, like neutral. I don't know.
1: Not necessarily. I think people can be very divided, especially like the way that people view Trudeau. Some people really don't like him.
0: True, yeah. There um, is like a, a better, more like conservative, more... Um,
1: yeah. And also I think there are a lot of promises that he made when he was... Um, when he was a candidate for the prime minister, and he hasn't fulfilled a lot of these promises. One thing that he promised was to um, get rid of this first past the post um, way of elections, and he never changed. He never did any like voting reformation of how we do that. So that was something that he promised that he never fulfilled. So I think a lot of people are angry about that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I actually don't. I would like. I should know more about canadian politics but i unfortunately don't
0: yeah we can do that in another episode on like presenting more it would be interesting to to present a bit of like um let's say that that is like the canadian history uh of certain provinces because canada is like the second largest country in the Mm -hmm. world and then maybe we can talk about about what we know and what we don't know about certain like this is BC, this is Alberta, this is Saskatchewan, uh, mm-hmm. this is uh, more uh, the, the French, uh, um, French-Canadian French mm-hmm. area because it's so different, all these yeah. these uh, provinces, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, maybe we can keep keep that for another episode.
1: Yeah. Good. Um, I'm so hungry. You're hungry. You know, want to eat okay. your takeout. It's been sitting there for the past hour, I guess. So I guess we'll call that call it a day um thank you everybody for listening as you know we have email we have twitter we have instagram we have facebook and we have all those other ways of communication we have discord um twitch we, yeah thank you chris and Les for um replying to our last episode
0: yeah and
1: thank you. um yeah we really appreciate hearing you guys' feedback if you have any suggestions of what you would like to talk about any questions that you have about how we view things we would be happy to answer them um and yeah I'm Janine, and this is Tobias. We'll talk Vielen to you. guys later Vielen Dank.
0: Vielen zum Dank. Alles Geburtstag.
1: Gute. Alles gute zum Geburtstag.
0: <laughs> gute zum Geburtstag. <laughs>
1: and uh yeah, we'll talk to you. guys later. Bye. you.